trying to explain this podcast to somebody the other day i again failed miserably it's not we haven't sorted out the sales pitch yet or at least i haven't can can you both coach me on that because this is going to come up for me next week actually so if you could actually give me some pointers around mm. how do i talk about this other than just saying i don't want to talk about this what's uh what's your go-to description or somebody comes up to you shoves you against the wall and says, what is this podcast about? Like, what do you do? I I like the tech adjacent description because it's ultimately a tech show. We're talking about media and technology, kind of synonymous, because that's the thing that brought us together. And that's what a lot of the main topics are about. But I like to say that it's a tech adjacent podcast that bleeds into and brings elements of family life, fun intercultural differences, and just general silliness from across the hemispheres that then brings our listeners involved in the discord because they get to share their own views hemispherically linked to what we said so it's just a big chat about a lot of crap yeah in short it's mainly a technology podcast that includes other media and silly chat got it and then do you end with oneprimeplus.com this is this is good i just i mean this helps everyone really because i'm sure everyone that's hearing this right now is thinking, yeah, that would be great information for me to have to arm myself for when I'm out there facing the public. What do I tell them about this illustrious podcast? So thank you for that great description. Does that track with you, Andrew? Does that seem like a good summary? It's better than what I had. I kind okay. of go, it's, it's like a tech adjacent podcast. Um, we talk kind of computery stuff and there's a guy in Wollongong and a guy in Portland in America? Yeah. Man. And then they, they, and they're like, ah, oh. I sort of go, yeah. And they're, they're like, what, so what, what kind of stuff do you talk about? And then I go, ah. Mm, okay. Uh. Got it. I'm going to go with Martin's description, I think. Just, you know, I mean, yours is good <laughs> and solid, but I'm going to yep. keep yours as a backup just yep. in case. If the first one doesn't work, I'll be like, hey, but guess what? Uh, this other thing. And then I'll go, uh. <laughs> do you know what's cool? Do you know what's cool? Despite the fact we have no idea what this show is, some mm. people pay us. Yeah. And we actually have a new person paying us, I believe. Jason, I don't know if you, if you have the detail. I've got, I've got a small amount of detail. Um, I'm happy to, to read that out. Are you by chance referring to mm. someone being involved in a little something we like to call OnePrimePlus.com? Is that what you're referring to? And potentially... Someone with the initials Aaron A. That is correct, sir. Can I tell you about the magician that Aaron A is? Can I can I weave a little tale for you here? So here's what happened, right? Many moons ago, in the One Prime Plus universe, there were multiple mm-hmm. tiers you could join. There was the Southern, there was the Northern, there was the Global, and then there was another tier that was even higher than that. But we said, you know what? No stop. You've gone too far. We need more people to have access to this content. So we just broke down barriers and we brought everybody down to the lower tier. All the same stuff now at a lower price. That's just the kind of folks that we are. You know, we're, we're into giving. But what, what happens with Aaron A when he comes along, goes onto the website, joins, pledges to be one of the great hemispherians, at a tier that doesn't exist. What? So I immediately think, we've been hacked, obviously. What else could have happened? Someone hacked us to give us money. It's like a reverse hack. So I'm going through the, I'm going through the ledger, as one does. I'm cross-referencing. I'm looking at CSVs. But sure enough, it's legit. He found a way. So I challenge everyone else out there who is not yet Hemispherian. Go to OnePrimePlus.com, find those loopholes to give more money than you even have to, to get everything that's included in OnePrimePlus.com. So thank you, Aaron A. Did we actually get rid of that level? Oh yeah. Like a year ago, 
And oh, I'm really confused yeah, now. You and me both, buddy. I was like, wait a second. How are you doing this? What link did we leave live out there that shouldn't be there? Nope. He found a way. When there's a will, there is a way. Or in this case, when there's an Aaron, there is a way. So, oneprimeplus.com. It's in the long game. Oh, yes. I have some follow-up. You might remember in an episode long, long time ago, we talked about convenient food. Mm-hmm. Mm, yeah, I remember. I think uh, for, from memory, I think, you know, pizza was popular, burgers, I think, cracked a mention. We, I think we may have missed the most obvious, just sort of the meat pie, and then that was introduced as an option because we, we forgot it, obviously. Burritos were well, on there. It was like, it was predominantly hand foods that you could pretty much eat anywhere. Yeah. So... In further sort of crossing of the streams, I introduced this fine podcast to a business that I've been doing professional work with because, wow. you know, cross promotion, that's what you do, right? Um, and you use the intro that you just did not yeah, five minutes it's, it's ago, like, right? <laughs> <laughs> okay. Yep. Um, so I want to just reference Malcolm who, 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 Malcolm, and I'm going to mention his business because I want people to get wow. behind it, right? And okay. I've cleared it with him. I said, can I do this? He said, fine, right? Cross promotion. Didn't clear it with marketing. us, but yep, go ahead. So, so Malcolm from PowerShield UPS, they make uninterruptible power supplies. Mm-hmm. So Australian business there, get behind him. Western mm-hmm. Australian business, even better. Oh. Um, he, he said to me, how did you miss the most obvious convenient food and the best convenient food? Hmm. A banana. The mighty banana. Is that because it has appeal? <sighs> so I think, so he appreciated that we had obviously go, gone for convenience manufactured food. But he said the banana is everything you need. It's got, it's got potassium. It's got other good things in it. Mm, yep. That's what it says right on the label. It says has potassium and other good things in it. That's, that's how they sell it. It comes in its own biodegradable packaging. It does. You're not harming the environment by just throwing that banana peel on the road, unless somebody comes along later and slips on it. Mm, That would be bad. Or if you're driving in a go-kart and you throw it behind you, someone hits it and they spin off the road, then they have to be picked up by a little guy in a cloud and a fishing hook. That's a problem. Yeah, that is a problem. So don't do that. But apart from everything else, I think, and I think Malcolm has a point, the banana, uh, you know, underappreciated perhaps as a convenient food. I think the issue here is we probably subconsciously didn't mention the banana due to a conflict of interest with previous sponsors being (sighs) Big Banana. And that would have looked like, oh, sure, pick a sponsor on your top list of foods. Yeah, that seems really legit, guys. So I think that was more of us just trying to really keep the playing field even, you know, be fair to everyone and not just go right for the old sponsor, right? That's That's just, you know, we're we're pretty upstanding here. So I do appreciate the banana call out, though. Because there is an episode, yeah, where we talk about Big Banana. Yeah, you're right. I'd forgotten that. Now, tying perfectly into this food chat, introducing another corner, because this show, is it's been a bit short on corners recently. It has been, yeah. So, we would like to just move over to food corner. Jason, can you add some value to this? Ah, uh, nuts, is what I would like to say to that. Um, four shows ago, we signed off, as we do. I was half standing up from my chair, and I said, damn it this topic I've forgotten to bring up yet again. So people that have been around for a while will remember that we often talk about different foods from our various hemispheres and and how they rank amongst us. So I'm curious to you all, specifically nuts, peanuts, walnuts, and the like. Is there a go-to or more popular nut in Australia versus myself who is currently addicted to the pistachio, for which I'm finding mm. to be oh, wow. the best of all the nuts. So, Ooh, okay. Oh, wow! Already getting a twinge over there from the from Perth. There must be some kind of Perth native nut or something that's going to be the best nut ever. I'm sure. We we prefer pistachios. I was going to say, yeah. There's got to be some kind of WA nut that is only <laughs> from there, and that's the best. <laughs> okay, but other than that one, like, what's the what is the go to? 
or predominant nut that you're going to find in Australia? Is there one? All right, well, let's go to the nut of the podcast. Andrew, tell us your thoughts. Well, the first thing that pops into my mind when I hear nuts is Nibble Nobby's nuts. Who doesn't? Okay, go, go on. A famous nut campaign, advertising campaign probably stems back from, I don't know, would it be the 1980s even, 1990s? I'm sure we can find something to, to link to that. But Nibbles, Nobby's Nuts. But Nobby's is quite an overpriced nut brand, so don't focus too much on that. Just buy your nuts from anybody. Don't You don't have to get the Nobby's packs. Anyway, that is not the point of my answer. My favorite nut is actually probably the nut that's worst for you, and that's the um, cashew nut. Ooh, okay. I love a, I love a cashew until you eat. Like, and when I eat cashews, I think, oh, I'll just have a handful of cashews. Next thing I know, I'm just... The whole package is gone. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And until you reach that point with cashews, and I don't know if you guys have this issue, you, you're just eating, 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 and then you have one last bit and suddenly... You hate them. You feel sick. Yeah. <laughs> you go from, oh, this is amazing, to, oh... <laughs> <laughs> it no. happens very quickly. No, the cashew never, the cashew never disappoints or reaches a limit. And I have a question for you: Are these salted or unsalted? That was going to be a follow-up question. Wait, hold that thought. Hold that thought. Okay, sorry. Okay. Um, so that is so, so. That's my favorite nut. And then if I want a healthy nut, I will go the <laughs> almond as my okay. healthy nut option. Okay. Now, Martin, favorite nut, go. Um, I agree with Andrew that the cashew was probably the best go-to nut. Uh, I won't answer the part of the follow-up question that will get me in trouble. I think the cashew is the best go-to nut just because it's generally removed from its pot or shell before you get to it. Whether you eat them raw or roasted or in whatever shape, the cashew is the cashew. That being said... I think the peanut is grossly underrated and I'm very happy that it's so cheap because you think about peanut butter, satay, all these various things you can eat peanuts in, shelled, not shelled. It's just brilliant. Although, as the king of nuts, I reckon pistachio wins. Oh, wow. Okay. Interesting. And I say that because not only is uh, the flavor excellent, but the shelling procedure is so much fun. And where, where you get dust off cracking open the shell of a peanut, which I do love. Peanuts are great. The pistachio has a satisfying click. You pull it out and people think I'm often freaky about this and I have had a go at friends and family when they neglect this part of the pistachio. When you crack it open and you eat the nut, there's that tiny little bit that's left attached, which is often crispy or crunchy depending on the roasting procedure. And you either pull it out with your finger or you just click it with your teeth. And it's brilliant. It's just this extra... It's just this little follow-up delightful nutty bit in the shell. So you're kind of getting like a bonus with every single nut. And when I see it just discarded in the bowl, I feel disappointed. I just want to raise on a point of order. Please do. Um, I think Martin's classification of a peanut as a nut is incorrect. We all know it's a legume. And I knew you would do that. And Jason actually mentioned the peanut at the beginning. So don't get started with me, legume boy. (laughs) Fine. All right. Okay. Well, well now that we can just en- you can just enjoy your non nut nut. <laughs> we then. will we will now exit well actually corner and I will go back to um, okay. So a couple things on the pistachio. One, it solves your cashew problem because it has the inbuilt mm. action of needing to do a task. So it also gives you a little bit of something to do if you're kind of watching something or just waiting. So you got that little bit of extra. It's better to fiddle with your nuts while eating. I, I agree. agree. Yeah. yeah. So it slows you down. So you got that going for you. Um, also it comes with an inbuilt challenge because in every collection of pistachios, there will be anywhere from one to six levels of closedness of the pistachio. (laughs) Yes. And it will be all the way from what, well, actually I take that one to seven because it goes all the way from, it's just in there. The nut is just out floating around in the bowl and you're like, that's a freebie. Mm. Cool. Down to the no problem, no, you know, just opening it up. Then you get a little further down the, the list, and it's like, oh, this one's like kind of only three quarters available. So now you're trying to get some ingenuity in there, all the way down to fully sealed shell. And now you're stuck with do I discard? Surely not. 
Or do I accept this challenge and find a way to get this thing open? That's one of my favorite things is how do we get that nut open? And that completely depends on situation and location. Mm -hmm. If you are on a bus, that gives you a whole whole different (laughs) set of tools to use. If you're in your garage and you got a you got a vice handy, put it in the vice in the garage just enough to get it to pop. So I just I think the pistachio is fun, delicious, and just all around good. Um, so quick power tools with a clamp. Quick, exactly. Knows? So quickly back to the roasted level and salt yes. level. Mm, so okay. yes. roasted level less common. Sometimes you can find things where there's like a light roast, regular roast, or heavy roast or whatever but salt usually they'll be like a low salt which i think is mostly just for health regular salt i don't think there's heavy salt usually that's just salted so in terms of roasted and salted are any of you monsters who eat non-roasted unsalted and just go at it or are you all fairly upstanding citizens and just have some level of roast and salt I have a crisis of confidence whenever I go to the store and I look at all the options because I can never remember which one I actually like. Mm. So my anxiety levels when I'm buying my nuts increases dramatically. I And even now, yeah. as you ask me this question, I'm not sure. I think I like, and I'm, I'm referring to cashews in this case, I think I like a roasted non-salted. Wow. I believe that's the option that I like the most. I don't. I'm pretty certain I don't like non-roast because they get soft. If they're not being roasted, they're too squishy and it's not right. So I think you need roasted cashews. But the salt level, oh, I don't know. Sometimes if you get them too salty, they're just like, it just leaves a, a a yucky sort of overpowering flavor in your mouth. I think it's roasted yeah. non-salted. But yeah, my anxiety level right now is growing. Yeah, I, as it should be. That was what that question was meant to do. So job done there. Uh, Martin, you are a roasted salted you love salt you're a salt fanatic right i love i really really love salted roasted nuts you're right i think the flavor is excellent however i would generally choose unsalted over salted because i don't think it's necessary the the flavor of anything from a macadamia through to pistachio cashew whatever the flavor is so good if it's roasted well, that you don't need it. And then you can eat more of them without feeling parched or guilty or sick. So salt probably is better as a flavor and a snack in most cases, but it doesn't need to be there. I'm just going to call you out there. You mentioned macadamia. That is the worst nut, the most disgusting nut. No, it's not. It's delicious and it's great when integrated into desserts, ugh, such as ice that cream. texture is just ugh. No, that's what makes it delightful. Bloody hell. We have a macadamia tree outside, not that we can harvest any of it because the cockatoos just rip it all out, right, and drop like the pods or the shells onto the ground. And then you have these minor explosions under your tyres as you Ooh, park it downstairs. I don't like that. Because it's like crack, 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 crack under your tyres. Thanks, cockies. Damn cockies. All right. That is Nut Corner. <laughs> ah, Aaron is nuts. Aaron is just loving that he found that top tier right now. He's like, damn, that was I'm paying how much for what now? Right, so we've covered bananas and nuts. Jeez. Martin, what's up next? Well, from what I can see, we have gaming corner, more and more corners. And I think I suggested putting this in here. We've got a foot and a robot, those two emoji in our notes. Uh Sorry, Andrew, you can participate if you wish, but the focus was just a brief update on Playdate because after ordering mine 12 years ago, it has arrived and I've been enjoying it. And that's not a dig at panic. You know, we all know the supply chain stuff. I've really been enjoying it. Jason, are you still enjoying your Playdate? Yeah, I mean, like you said, it took a while for them to get there. So we're obviously on the Playdate 5 now here. But the the Playdate 1, I do recall back that far and I do remember it fondly. (laughs) <laughs> no uh yes i still have the play date i was ac- it's actually sitting right next to me because i'm charging it to bring with me next week and it is great it's just like a cool different little device and i'm jealous that the way that, for anybody who doesn't know or doesn't remember when you get it on day one you are i would i guess subscribed is the right word but you have a season mm. of games but you don't get them all at once so 
the day Martin mm-hmm. got it, he got all the games, but they slowly download for him every week. I believe is it every week? It's like two a week. Two a week. You get two at the start, and then they follow yeah. like that. So yeah. I just I hope that model continues because it really helps mm. with the. Oh no! I just got like fifteen games, and I don't know which one to play. And it's I ah, it's just that you get a whole week to just dive into one and really find out. Is it for me? Is it not? You don't just do the quick glance and then toss it aside. You can say like, well, if I don't play this one, I don't have anything else. So I might as well see if this is really for me or not. And I I think that was a really cool way to go. So how have you found it in terms of, I was going to say like in terms of complaints people have had, but there really haven't been any that I recall. I don't really have any myself either. I think you knew what you were getting and you mm. got that. So I don't think there was really any surprises, but I would be curious to know if, if there was anything you thought was going to be there that was not, or vice, you know, the other way, uh, wasn't there that you thought was going to be there. Um, I think what I like about it the most, uh, gaming aside for a second, what impressed me about the system other than the build quality of the device was the kind of system that Panic has set up for interacting with it or managing it from the Mm -hmm. web. I've been really impressed by that. It has that kind of, you know, it just works Apple vibe about it in the sense that you've got your account, you sign up in order to, you know, register and order the device and then it arrives. And then you've got the side loading thing where you can upload apps or games really that you can purchase elsewhere, like itch.io I think is the main one. Play uh, Panic may have its own Playdate store in the future, kind of like the App Store, but it'd probably be run differently. I just love the fact that you just upload these files and then it appears there and it's easy to navigate. It kind of has this iPod style through the menu hierarchical system. It just feels focused, simple. I love the size of it. So I think some of my favorite things are just how you interact with it. I think the crank is not a gimmick. I think it's delightful. Uh, games like Kranken's Time Travel Adventure, probably the one that's been marketed the most. <laughs> Can you I say that it. again? The name is the best. What's the name of that? Kranken's Time Travel Adventure. <laughs> so Thanks. good. I thought I said it incorrectly no, for so a second. It's just, it's just a joyous name. I think it's really cool because you kind of look at this device and I'm sure there are skeptics out there who go, okay, well, you've got the Game Boy style stuff on the beginning with the D-pad and the A and B, but this crank thing, it's just... Uh, gimmicky they're just trying to differentiate but when you play something like kranken's time travel adventure and the only control really the main control is that crank and you realize wow i'm actually controlling space and time as he moves left and right to get to his date on time spoiler he's pretty much always late it's just amazing that the turning of one piece of the interface can have so much finesse attached to it going up and down left and right slow it's just brilliant so i just think it's a really well considered system and given the fact that it's deliberately kind of retro and simple the fact that it has this complexity baked into it is very impressive the crank is like so many input things before where it completely matters whether you are designing for it or you are cramming it in later because you forgot and it's like the um it reminds me of the Wii when the Wii, came, the Nintendo Wii came out and they had the um, the motion control in the controller. And there were the games that just sort of added it in last minute because, yeah, I guess we need to do that versus the games that were built around that mechanic. You can just tell that they make more sense. So I think to your point, it, that's exactly what's going on with the crank is if if people are embracing it and building around it, so much more impactful as a game than just saying, oh, yeah, I guess we'll just use the crank to look at a menu because the crank is there. Or we're going to ignore it entirely and it's just going to be D-pad and A and B. It's like, well, then why are we even here? So, I yeah, the crank, I do also agree, is not it's not a gimmick. It is a, it's a legit control input that is pretty delightful to use when it's implemented correctly. Yeah, and what I'd add is... I know there are people who listen to this podcast who are probably less into hearing us talk about gaming. For them, if they're switching off going, what's this crank? Why do I care? Aside from gaming, the feel of this is just when you pick something up that was thoughtfully designed to be cool or fun or ergonomic. So it's like that 
kitchen utensil that you pick up that feels perfect in your hand or, you know, the car that you drive that just gels with the way that you think or want to handle the wheel. Just think of any tool in your life that feels like it was designed around that and the enjoyment you get every day. It's just that ergonomic idea in a gaming console that fits in your pocket. Agreed. And the side loading thing that you mentioned is phenomenal. It just works so good. Put it on a website, open up your device, it downloads, done. It's so easy. And I've had no issues with it. I bought a couple of other games. I actually bought like a discount bundle and I've been resisting just loading them all on for fear of what you said before, you know, just like a huge menu that you can't choose from. And to be honest, even with that play date staggering of the season, I've still had that issue of I don't play it quite as much as what I'd like. So then they do build up anyway. So kudos to Panic for trying to pace it. But, you know, I still kind of struggle to get through all of it. It's going to be techie. It's going to be nerdy. So if you didn't like, if you didn't like gaming. No adjacency you- here. This is full frontal tech. Tech. Security updates. Oh. You know, how much, we, you know oh. how much we like talking about security oh. updates. Oh, it's our favorite. And the Mac over recent years has gone through a number of iterations of how it helps protect its own operating system from malware and bad actors on the internet. It had its gatekeeper system. It's had um, something called X-Protect, I think. Now, I'm no expert in this field. I just read a few articles now and then. The real person to read if you want to know everything about this is Howard Oakley's blog over at um, eclecticlight.co. Quite a quite an interesting. This guy is. You think about me enjoying tech and then basketball. This guy is into tech at like a deep, deep knowledge level, like down to the low level system knowledge. And then he also blogs about art, like Renaissance paintings. So, so if you follow his RSS feed, you have a TikTok approach. You get a deep dive into Mac architecture. And then you'll get a deep dive into artistry. Wow. And paintings cool. and styles of paintings. It's quite amazing. Like he's he's eclectic. So it's doing what he says on the tin. But what I'm talking about is um, Mac security problems. So all the Mac is meant to the Mac is meant to update itself and keep itself um, protected. Apple pushes updates and that kind of thing. Until it doesn't work. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Um, And it particularly doesn't seem to work if you were to run a content caching server in front of your Mac, which I do. So that's often if you have a little Mac mini somewhere or a server acting as a way to reduce your download bandwidth because it'll cache software updates, it'll cache app updates, it can even cache iCloud content. And that's content caching for the rest of us. I, I, I never say that right. You're right. I think I'm meant to say caching as well. Isn't it caching? I'm just doing what you do to me every time I say anything. So <laughs> I, I admire you for that. Me too. I it's you. not like you. Yeah. So he I was, was so Canadian there for a second, though. He was just like, oh, I'm sorry. Was I saying that wrong? That was not what I was expecting at all. So I, Piss off, Hi, mate. Scotty. <laughs> it's part of being in the Commonwealth. We all do it. Um, so, yeah, the, the content cache... Um, doesn't seem to pass through these security updates effectively. So if you have Max behind a content cache, cache, oh you God, will, um, He's just you have, really no, himself now. You have, yeah, you've got a real issue where you, your Mac may be unprotected from known threats and vectors on the internet. So the first step to do is maybe think about turning off that content cache and just letting your Mac connect directly to the Apple servers and update because that seems to work. And I'm sure that's the Martin approved approach. You know, keep it simple. I'm sure he does that. I don't think it was installed there to begin with, but yeah. <laughs> so, but me, I, I turned it off for a while and I let it update, but then I've turned it back on again because I just like having app updates come down to my devices nice and quickly. But he has a solution and that is his app that he's built called Silent Night. You can download it from the website and it goes through and it checks all the various security um, versions on your Mac versus the ones that Apple say you should have. And I've just run it on mine, this iMac sitting behind a content cache. It's got green ticks everywhere except for XPR 75. It should be version 78. 
Ooh, and there's a button. XPR yeah. 75. Yeah. Mm. And XPR has also had no scans in the last 24 hours. But I can tell you that XProtect is up to date with 2163. That used to be a problem. So maybe Apple is starting to fix things because that didn't used to update. Who knows how, what's going on. But I can. There's a button in Silent Night and it says install all updates. And if you click that, hopefully everything will be brought up to date. And to be clear, Silent Night with a K, right? Correct. Correct. He's a knight with a sword and Before shield. people start getting very Jesus-related, you know, songs popping yes. up. Yes. Yeah, we don't. Yeah, good point. And there is a command line version as well. So if you're a bit of a, a Unix nerd, you can run it from the command line. Hmm. It is really cool. Um, I just like, and if you want to learn all about this Mac security stuff, go to his website because he is a, writes about it eloquently. And if you read it, I think you'll have a fair crack at understanding it, even if it's not your thing. So there you go. Make sure your Mac has its software security software updates. That is my enterprise security corner of the week. I have a secondary uh, fix for this as well, and that is uh, gigabit internet. Don't cache anything. Just download it <laughs> as fast as they can give it to you. <sighs> Don't you hate this guy sometimes? <laughs> Look, I mean, the US is known for its modesty. So. <laughs> gigabit. Get out of town. It's fine. Somebody's <laughs> going to remind me that they have like 2.5 gigabit or something. And I'm going to be like, yeah, I know. But back in the day, do you remember California games? No. And you had the, you had, I think it was California game. You had, yeah, you had surfing. You had hacky sack. You had BMX. <laughs> of course. That sounds like California games. Oh, it was awesome. It was better than Summer Games or Winter Games because it wasn't, you know, Summer Games made by Epix, E-P-Y-X. It was so many games that you just like joystick mashing, you know, run the 100 meters just back and forth on your joystick. But Summer Games, the, the hacky sack was awesome. And BMX was What year was this, Andrew? It had to be like the 80s, right? Ooh, that's one for the show notes. Oh, I can't remember, but I was a young lad. So it was probably yeah. before your time, Martin. <laughs> Yes, California games would have been, one. yeah, what, surfing, BMX, hacky sack, yep. volleyball, frisbee. probably. Had frisbee. frisbee. Oh, Frisbee for sure. Yep, that makes yeah, sense. Yeah. It was such a good game. Media corner. With this many corners, it's going to be a circle. Soon. But if you zoom in enough... That's a fractals. Oh, back to fractals. <laughs> or whatever it was, the other thing that you called it in that show. <laughs> the Fibonacci sequence, I think, is what we landed on last time. I just hear that whole thing and think, frack you. That's all I'm thinking, Andrew. <laughs> I right, shout out to my mate, Firsty, who knew what I was talking about. <clears throat> Love that. On the Discord, Firsty, I've, I've renamed him. I've renamed him. Furstenberg's is too yeah. long. Takes Furstenberg. Oh, Furstenberg. oh, okay. This got it. We've Australianized it. I thought you were. I saw it in the Discord the other day. I thought you were fourth walling somehow with like someone that neither of us knew about, and you just happened to talk to at the shop when you were buying something. No, okay, no, got no, it. no. Firsty. I, I, I just love the nickname that you've given to Furstenberg is the way that three-year-old Australian kids mispronounce the word thirsty. <laughs> thirsty. Yep. That's- Thirsty. I'm thirsty, mum. Hey, no, I love, I love, I love thirsty because I feel like he's Norwegian me. Hmm. Yeah. Is that a compliment? No. Well, not sure. I'm, I'm issuing it as one. It's an observation. <laughs> Whether he chooses to accept it as a compliment. <laughs> I'm going to overlay thing. the spreadsheet of patron subscribers to this show launching, and we'll see if those numbers suddenly drop by one. We'll, we'll see. This is kind of a mega media corner, really. I mean, this is this is big. Yeah. So in the notes, it says, share your top five movies with everyone, whatever genre. Mm. That's that's a tall order, first of all, to pick the top five of anything. Um, yep. I picked 18. I just want to start <laughs> off with that. Surprised you stopped there. Um, <laughs> I won't go through the whole... I will put the list in the notes. Which, by the way, if you're not reading these notes, like you should probably get on that. These notes are like 
They're world, the best in the podcast universe. World class. I would just say across all media of the universe, top five are these notes. They have to be, right? So I've never seen anything better than these shows. Never. Notes. So I'll put all 18 in the notes, but I, I, I will just chop the list. I'll draw a line underneath five. But how do you all feel? We, should we do like everybody do one and we all do our five, four, three, two, one? Everybody do their list of five? What do we want to do? Because I'm most curious if there's going to be overlap here. If there's not, that's almost more exciting, but we'll see. Okay. Can I, can I preface? Can yeah. I add a pre- preamble? I'm not, not really preamble. a movie. That's not preface, is it, Andrew? Are you mispronouncing that one too? Or? <laughs> it's a preamble. <laughs> Sorry, preface away. Yeah, preamble. <laughs> so my bit before I give my list, I'm not really a huge movie guy. And I'm also really bad at remembering things that I like and having sort yes. of a pantheon. I'm not Same. good. I, they kind of College wash management. over me. Shut up, Martin. <laughs> <laughs> Knowledge graph that, you... M- <laughs> <laughs> Go on. Uh, so, so I really struggled with this. I'm not just not good at like making best ofs. I just kind of... So I struggled massively. And I, I think my list that I have is probably not my actual list. And you guys will say movies and I'll be like, oh, yeah, of course. Can I plus one that? Absolutely. I'm the exact same way. A a perfect example. I I had to pick a song like for myself for this thing I'm doing next week. And I spent like everybody else would be like, oh, yeah, this song. And they'd be like, done. I'm sitting here like two hours listening to every single track I can think of throughout history trying to like, oh, no, make that one. Oh, wait, no, this one. So I'm going to be the same. And there's probably going to be movies that I forgot. There are going to be ones that you might mention where I go, oh, actually, yeah, I want that one instead. So I think that's a fair preamble um, for myself as well. I can tell you the song that you are if, if, if you want me to just help you out real quick. Uh, sure, please. Um, it's for, it's a song by Radiohead. Okay, I'm not I'm not scared yet. Okay, it's from the album OK Computer. Loving it already. This is right. a high praise. Okay, and you're not calling him a subterranean homesick alien, are you? <laughs> no, it's I the mean, one. If the shoe fits. Now, now, I think I think the track I'm thinking of is fitter, fitter, happier. It's basically just more productive. It's two minutes of robot voice. Oh, okay. Well, it's a Mac voice. Mm. Isn't it Fred? Is it Fred is it or Fred? is it someone else? Is, I'm not sure. That, that, oh, I might have mixed up the names. But yeah, it's just, it's it's Jason. It's a robot talking for two minutes. That was easy. I should, why, where, where were you a week ago? <laughs> <laughs> I love that Jeez. album, by the way. Well, thank you for that. I will. Uh, yeah, I will the best albums ever, ever made. List. Well, we know that there's no preamble for Martin because he is a cinephile. Yes. And he remembers every bit of dialogue from every movie ever made since the beginning of time, including the silent films. So figure that out. Um, I think we'll go with just let's just go in a circle, right? Let's go Martin, Andrew, myself, and we'll see where we land and we can kind of just. All right. I'm going to get the most obvious one out of the way for myself. And that is The Matrix. I just think. As far as movies go, uh, not only is it a visual treat and, was, and it was revolutionary for its time, you revisit this film. hope uh, Matrix fans enjoy that reference, revisiting the film. Uh, you will notice just how much it holds up, just how good it is. The music's brilliant. I, I regard this as a perfect movie. And you don't have to be a sci-fi fan to enjoy it because there's some level of mystery or discovery for everyone. I knew we'd say that. All right. My... One is my first one is Office Space. You want to talk about a perfect movie? You're talking Office Space. It sums Number up my life. Number one spot, baby. <laughs> it's my life. It's my experience. It's how I respond to many situations. So many of my life situations, I refer back to Office Space for my wisdom. Nayin in a jar. When you say it's your life, you're the guy who keeps getting moved around, right? With the stapler, yes. I'm burned down the, burned down the door. <laughs> this is going to be quick because that is literally the top one on my list. So office space, that was easy. Martin, number two. Um, the next one in my list is, uh, it's an American movie, but it's directed by an Australian and I love it for that. And I think it's the perfect blend of comedy and 
fairly emotional drama, and that's The Truman Show. Oh, interesting. And I think it's actually the best example of Jim Carrey's acting, because uh, I know he kind of, over time, has been dismissed for being this absurd, you know, physical freak. I think there's a lot of uh, talent behind the comedy that he's stereotypically done, but this is an example of reining it in for drama and dispensing it in silly moments where appropriate. I think it's a great movie. Okay. My number two, The Breakfast Club. So many, just captures teen angst perfectly. It has a bit of funny, bit of drama, different characters all capturing that essence of high school. And also as an Australian, looking at that high school with that, that library that looked epic, which I now, later found out was filmed in some gym or some some other setting that wasn't actually a library but yeah it summed up so much of what i wanted my high school experience to be perfect my number two is rear window alfred hitchcock joint a lot of different alfred hitchcock stuff that i like but this one again is it his best movie ever i don't know you figure it out but for me this one just i love the pacing of it I love the overall story arc that happens and just the, I think part of it is because he's a photographer too. And that sort of resonates with me. So yeah, rear window, Alfred Hitchcock, number two. You'll love it. All right. My next one, comedy classic and a great parody of a fantastic franchise. And that is Austin Powers, International Man of Mystery. Mm, Good. Love it. Uh, and I love the the blend of different comedy. The fact that you've got a Canadian guy in an American film parodying English stuff. And then as you go through the other films, there's, you know, absurd Scottish bits. It's just perfect comedy and one guy playing multiple characters, which is not easy to do. This is a perfect example of how we started this, where I didn't even remember that that was a movie before we started talking about movies, <laughs> not for any, not like in a bad way, but it's just, there's so much stuff. And now that you mm-hmm. mentioned it, I'm like, Oh yeah, that was great. Okay. What movie did you just say? I've forgotten. <laughs> Is that serious? Are you serious? <laughs> that was, that was Austin Powers. Oh yeah, yeah, that's right. Austin Powers. <laughs> My next movie is the naked gun. It's got, it's just, it's movie. just so, Damn, it's so absurd. That? I love it. Leslie Nielsen plays that to a T. It's excellent. It's, yeah, um, great movie. Just stupid. And this is the first one, not 33 and a third? Yeah, the first one. I've got to give it to the first one. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Again, another movie that, had you quizzed me, that probably never would have come up. Third is Army of Darkness. Are you both... Have not seen that. Have not seen that. Is that a zombie movie? It is a comedy horror movie. Uh, Sam Raimi, I think that's how you say his name. Raimi, 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 something Raimi? like that. Um, Ash, the guy with the chainsaw hand, maybe you know. It's hilarious, and I think everyone should at least see it once. So now you have homework. Is the other hand a normal yes. hand, or is it? Yeah, I can't tell you okay, why so the hand like... is the way it is because spoilers. But it's not like a power sander or no cheese grater or <laughs> no, something. No, no. Okay. Not in the first one, huh? No, it's not. It's not. It's not a power sander ever. Martin, number th- four, four. 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 I've actually been kind of rewriting this as I'm going, which is dreadful. Cheat. Like it keeps on like rotating. No, no, I committed and then I pulled it out, then I put it back in because they're all good. Oh, damn it. Okay. Okay. Number four. I'm going to go for A Fish Called Wanda. Hmm. Okay. Have both of you yeah, seen John, that? Yes. Please. Long, long time ago now, but yeah. I think this movie is the best example of uh, American and English comedy meeting and actually pulling it off because you regularly have these discussions and stuff like movies and television where the Office UK is better or the Office US is better or which remake or original gets a bit boring. They fit different audiences. Some are remade, who cares? But this is actually really an English movie where you've got Kevin Klein and Jamie Lee Curtis coming as the Americans, and it's just this perfect series of errors and misunderstandings and people trying to one-up each other. And I love the fact that 
this is kind of like another movie that I wanted to put in the list, but I'll leave out kind of like Dirty Rotten Scoundrels, if you've ever seen that, or at least the remake with Michael Caine and Steve Martin, where the most powerful or surprising or directing figure in the story is a woman among a bunch of men who think they know what they're doing or that they have control. So it's a great mix of uh, different cultural stereotypes and you're somewhat surprised in the end. Excellent. Andrew, number four. My number four is 12 Angry Men. Now, this there's actually two versions of this. There's a very ancient black and white version and there's a, well, similarly ancient now because it's a long time ago, a 90s version with Tony Danza. Basically, it's a story of... Um, jurors, a group of jurors trying to come to a decision in a uh, in a case. I think it was originally a stage play. I really like it. I'll probably nominate the original original, but both are good. 12 Angry Men. Are any of them rural jurors? Rural jurors. I really like it. I haven't watched it in a long time. I'm due to watch it again. I'm definitely going to go watch this. I feel like I may have seen it but I'm looking at it now and it's from 1950. So I'm definitely going to watch it. So number four on the list that I have not been editing throughout this show, Beetlejuice. Oh, have either of you seen it? Never seen it. I know what it is, I but I've never like seen it. it. It's, oh. too, it's too Tim Burtony. Well, that, that tracks. Yep. Yeah. I don't he, like he, it. He, can't, <laughs> can't get behind it. Okay. Creeps Martin, me your out. Second movie to go watch now is Beetlejuice. So make sure you do that. What do you love about it? It's this is one of those movies that I've seen a billion times, and I started watching it at a way too young of an age before anyone should really be watching something like that. And everything about it, it's funny at certain parts of your life. It's sort of like scary when you're younger, and or well, now. It's, <laughs> <laughs> or yesterday when I was under a blanket crying. Um, it's just got everything you could want. And and Michael Keaton is just like mm. genius. It's just so good. He's so good in that. And it's a little bit of that nostalgia thing for sure. But every time I watch it, I absolutely love it. So it's not one of those where you misremember that you loved it. And then you watch it again and you go, oh. That's not mm-hmm. quite as good. Like Crocodile Dundee 3, right? Everybody thinks they love it, and then they go back and watch it, and it's like, oh, that's not what I remember being good. Yeah, so Beetlejuice. Oh, I've said it twice. I will not say it again. Noted. So this is number five? Number five, yeah. So are you done re redoing your list? Okay. Yeah, 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 yeah. Thank you for allowing time for that. Uh, this is in the same kind of general nostalgic Feld family favorite category as a fish called Wanda, and it's the movie What's Up, Doc? Have either of you seen that? No. No, I don't think so. This is a movie uh, which, funnily enough, even though it's from the 60s, is a remake of a movie called Bringing Up Baby. But I think if you talk to just about anyone who has seen the movie or look up any reviews, people would actually say this is funnier or better. Like it's a remake that has more cultural like hold than the original did. Um, that's my understanding. But this is a movie that you don't see movies like this anymore. I don't think I've ever seen a comedy that's uh, as quick and absurd as this. The premise is basically it has Barbara Streisand and Ryan O'Neill in it from the 60s. And it's all about all these different people having the exact same design or brand of suitcase. And they all have different urgent things that they have to do with things that are in their suitcases. But guess what happens? They get mixed up. Oh, my gosh. Okay. And it's so well done. And there are so many different errors that happen. And there's musical elements. There's this really, really irritating guy. And you're not sure if he's Italian or Croatian because he kind of mixes it all up. It has um, uh, Randy Quaid in it as well, if you're a fan of any of the old National Lampoon's Vacation films. And it all takes place around this musical convention at this hotel in San Francisco. Francisco. It all goes wrong. This is a movie you have to Hmm. see. So this is not a Bugs Bunny documentary? No, but the name is a reference to the Looney Tunes franchise. My last one. Bring it home strong. The Matrix. No, I'm just kidding. (laughs) 
No, that's it now. Matrix gets double mention. <laughs> no, it's not the Matrix. Stupid. No, it's all right. Matrix, all right, but it's not my list. Stupid. What? <laughs> <laughs> Moving on, number five. My number five. I, I'm representing Australian uh, cinema culture here. The Castle. If you want to watch a classic Australian movie, you need to watch The Castle. Martin, I think you would agree with me. It's just the vibe of the thing. I don't think he's going to agree with anything you say now. <laughs> <laughs> now, look, it, look, look, Andrew, I will say it's the vibe of the thing. It's the constitution. It's Marbo. It's just the vibe. He wants that for Jouster Sticks? Tell him he's dreaming. <laughs> But but before we finish the show today, we got to I got to I got to move the Commodore, and then I got to move the Tirana, and then I got to move the Falcon, mm-hmm. so I can get to the Gemini. Yeah, as long as you maintain the serenity, because <laughs> you need serenity. Just serenity. Yeah. Okay, the castle that wraps it up. There will be uh, translations for all of that in the notes. <laughs> Number five. What are these, love? Rissoles. <laughs> oh, that's why you've done them. They're beautiful. Oh, boy. <laughs> Diana all the time. <laughs> I do. Yeah, it's a common one around our dinner table. Sorry, Jason. Can't don't worry, resist. everyone. I don't know what the hell's going on either. <laughs> but I have to say about that movie, I love that movie. And it's an Australian classic. But if you were to watch it, Jason, mm-hmm. right, with all of your knowledge of you know cinema that you like, or at least your appreciation of the picture quality of American movies, this thing was made in 1997, and it looks like it was made with. <laughs> I don't know what old technology that they dragged out of the garage. Like, it just shows the budget that Australians had to play with at the time, or at least these filmmakers. It's hilarious. Okay, you're both over your one-sentence limit. Would you like to add any more? Final closing arguments? Uh, It pained me not to include a movie like Blade Runner. Wait, Because I know you both love it. final, final. (laughs) Just final on that movie. I haven't done my fifth one yet. Okay, Charles Bud Tingwell. Okay. Okay, that's all you get. Anything about the castle, Martin? No? It, it sums up Australian culture, at least, I suppose you could say, whiteness mm. very okay. well. My number five is not the castle, surprisingly. I know you thought I was going to pick it. It is back to the future. Great. Yeah. I approve of that. It's yeah. just I almost great. had that. I almost it's had like that. Every, it's fun. Every bit of it is fun. It's time travel. Who doesn't love that? Cast, amazing. It's just great. So there you go. Now for my rapid fire, six through 18. <laughs> no, not no, really. I'm going to edit this thing. It won't be, oh, it's not no, in there. It's done. I, that is gonna, Media Corner times 15. 